This week's episode of the Star Wars Report is brought to you by the good folks supporting us over on patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. Let's do the show, folks. Come, come, come. And who might you be? It's the Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. Woo! Star Wars Report. The place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. Then we can do something epic. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. The Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Star Wars Report podcast. I'm your host, Riley Blyton. Happy holidays uh, to everybody watching live, listening to the podcast. If you're listening to the podcast, I am um, I'm wearing a very festive Santa hat, as is the person sitting next to me. We'll get to that in a second. But hey, also, Mr. Bruce Gibson's here. What's up, Bruce? I'm looking for a hat, but I don't have one. You need one, man. I know. What's what's the deal? Come on. I I I, uh, I don't. Well, because I don't think of Santa hats as being Star Wars, so you uh, know. Are you calling me out? Listen, Star I, Wars can be Christmassy. I was just um, in the car earlier today introducing uh, my wife to the uh, Christmas in the Stars album. She'd never heard it before. Oh, yeah. Christmas, so which has a lot of very Christmassy things in it. Isn't that right? Speaking of, let's bring her. It's, it's my wife. Hi, Savannah. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Hi. I want. I want to bring in. What What did I do when you started playing? <laughs> you fell asleep. <laughs> Immediately fell asleep. What? You well, we just asleep. eaten a lot of barbecue. <laughs> That's a true story. And it was very. I don't know. Riley, you don't introduce that music to someone who just ate a lot of barbecue. That's right? true. That's not, not festive at all. Uh, our hearts are full of joy. Uh, what is the, the R2-D2 we wish you... Uh, I would play it, but the YouTube would, would take us down because that's copyrighted music. So we can't, we can't so be, so can't be doing it. that. That's, uh, <clears throat> Merry Christmas. All right, I'm gonna, no, that's not going to happen. But what is going to happen is uh, w- something that we promised many weeks ago, Bruce, which is why, Savannah, you're on the podcast, because uh, it's become a bit, officially. Uh, Savannah ordered a bunch of Navarro, uh, Navarro nummies, a.k.a. the Baby Yoda uh, macaroons. Now, listen. There's a there there ha, there is some news this week, well in the last few weeks, <laughs> there is a an Ahsoka show, Rangers of the New Republic, Star Wars Acolyte, a new film announced with by Patty Jenkins Rogue Squadron, uh, and about seven other series I'm missing. But the most important news is we're here, ladies and gentlemen, to taste test the Navarro Nummies. Yeah. Uh, I'm very excited. So can, so we, can we remind the people how much these cost? <laughs> how much did they cost, babe? <laughs> I think with shipping, because it was like a, after they made them, I think it was like a one or two day shipping turnaround. Because mm. I got an email Yum. for everyone listening. We, I overheard Bruce and Riley talking about the nummies and on the couch during a podcast a few weeks ago and was like, oh, that'd be a fantastic kind of like funny gift for Christmas. And then I ordered them. It was like $68. I regretted it immediately. And then I couldn't wait until Christmas. So I told him the next day. <laughs> Here they are. I, listen, I'm proud of you. That's, you made the right choice. I know you immediately regretted it. But listen, that, how many are there here? We've got 12 meringue cookies 
with a creamy vanilla filling. Ooh, now, yeah. as I open these, so that's what like five fifty each. <laughs> Three and a half dollars per bite, but they they each come in these nice little sleeves. I'll put show them on the camera so people watching live, you guys can, can kind of see it there. Look at that. Um, and then yeah. uh, Grogu cookies. Uh, Grogu. Yeah. We didn't know at the time when we ordered them that they would be Grogu bites. That sounds that sounds weird. Um, it's it's an interesting like concoction. It's kind of like stuck together here. Oh, it's it's there's a. It's, I don't it's know, Bruce. Are they macaroons or macarons? Macarons. Because yeah. macaroons are like the um, coconut thing. Yes. Oh. Very so these are, yeah, these are the That's French why thing. This is why. I actually like macaroons a lot. Okay. I have no first, idea if I like these. First impression, uh, very chemically vanilla uh, flavor, uh, smell, scent. Well, it's all it's organic something. Mm-hmm. I read the ingredients. Oh, well, I tell you what, I I could I could take you have the first impression on the first bite, but um, sweetie, I think that should be you because you s- spend all that money. So, yes. uh, ladies and gentlemen, please w- from William Sonoma, the Navarro Nummies. Not even sponsored. <laughs> brought to no, we spent a lot of money actually for them. Okay, oh, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> They're a little mushy. <laughs> That's the first. Okay, yeah. Think, uh, I don't know, Nature Valley Bar. So I think crumbly. this is my first macaron experience ever. Okay. So I don't know what to compare it they to. They have them at Disney. Very sweet. It okay. tastes like basically powdered sugar. There you go. Mm. Oh, wow. Very sweet. Um, yeah. Ooh. It's like. It's like cotton candy. Yeah. I don't think that's what they're supposed to taste like. So, <laughs> I don't either. Uh, I would describe them as a sort of, if you could condense cotton candy, you know like when you take a bite of, of like a, a nice blue cotton candy and it sort of starts melting in your mouth and that's when you sort of get the real sugary crunch as the texture changes right at that moment. Yeah, that's what it I has can, kind of like a, that's what an I can odd texture. Best describe as our crumbs fall everywhere. <laughs> but it does it taste like it's worth $5 a cookie? No. No. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> massive failure. I mean, maybe. I actually, can I can I have Sky try one? Oh, yeah. Get the pup. So, oh, my gosh. Those are expensive, and you're giving it to a dog now. Yeah. They must not be good. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so well, uh, the final little piece here is going to, oh, ouch, ouch. Um, is going to be um, our pup. Oh, here she is. All right. Bring in the star. Right. Come on, Sky. Come on. All right, so here's the pup. I checked the ingredients, and I think it's puppy safe. It's mostly just sugar. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> so, you want to try it? Do you like it? Okay. <laughs> so, Bruce, you can describe what we're saying. <laughs> I see a a puppy eating a blue macaron <laughs> just oh i actually think she likes it ooh she does it, it's like it's like grogu eating it <laughs> look at that uh, uh sky what do you think uh nope she can't see it all so anyway there look, it is uh, ladies and gentlemen uh sky and uh my wife savannah that's the uh <laughs> So let Are you me just, ask you this real quick because yeah. you know that I bought some for my wife, but I'm saving them for yes. Christmas Day. And those who don't know, after I bought them, I realized they're made with almond flour, and she's allergic to almonds. 
but I can't cancel the order. So I thought, well, I'll still give them to her and go, oh, look, they're Baby Yoda cookies. You but, can't eat them. But you can't eat them. Unless she, because she's not like real, real allergic to them. She won't so die. She might try one just to see. But she's probably not going to eat them. You can just put like a Benadryl in there. Am I going to, do I have to eat, am I going to be okay eating 11 of them while I no. like them? Mm. Well, you have two children, two daughters, right? They're not going to eat them. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't think we didn't finish one between the three of us. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I can't just send you mine because mm. I can send you mine. Yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, uh, Navarro Nummies, uh, not exactly a, it's a good thing they're not a sponsor because not exactly. At it, least your at least your fans would know you tell the truth. That's right. Amen. Um, we keep and now it real. Go, like, wash yeah. my hands and vacuum because uh, there are blue crumbs everywhere. They're very crummy. Exactly. Uh, uh, Savannah, uh, Savannah, uh, everybody, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye. Something to report. Delta, I have good news. Data brought to us by the Botany spies. We can send a clear transmission. There it is. Listen. Listen. Well, folks, it has been uh, quite a week, quite a few weeks. Uh, it's, we've had, been off a few weeks. My schedule's been crazy, absolutely nuts. But um, Bruce, it turns out a couple things have happened. Wait, so you haven't talked about any of this yet? No, mm, not it. No, <laughs> literally nothing. I just assume you did. It just was no. without me. Oh yeah, your last episode was December eighth. Yeah, that's exact. <laughs> I kid you not. Wow. So, uh, Mr. Mr. Bruce, I gotta I gotta get your help here. Um, we're not gonna break down every single every single thing because, like I say, life's been crazy. Haven't been able to record in recent weeks. I'm sure there are plenty of people who've done breakdowns of all the news that came out of the uh, big Disney uh, hullabaloo, for lack of a better term, and then of course the um, series finale of Mandalorian. So that's what we're gonna focus on. There's a great vulture piece that I kind of wanted to center our conversation on, Bruce, and, and kind of get some of your takes on what's been happening. Um, let's see. Yeah, here we go. And it's basically how Disney and Lucasfilm are remaking, finally, after some failed attempts, but, but remaking Star Wars in the image of Marvel Studios. And not the Marvel Studios that made the films, which is what there's been many, many, many a comparison, but instead... Um, Marvel the TV Empire and the way that Marvel's done television. So um, the first right out of the gate, I, I got to say what jumped out to you most in all of the in all of the announcements that were made by Kathleen Kennedy? Mm, well, we already knew about Andor and Obi-Wan Kenobi. We knew about those series. So, if anything, that was cool that those uh, were confirmed. Yeah. Uh, I was a little surprised about Ahsoka, but not totally surprised. But I guess the thing, what did, oh, and of course the Bad Batch, we knew that was coming. Yeah. I think, I don't know what really jumped out. I think Lando surprised me. Yeah. I wasn't expecting anything like that. Yeah. I, I got, I was surprised at the amount of series just all announced at once. Yes. But, um,. But I can't say I was like uh, shocked by, by by any of the announcements, because um, because like we, we all this stuff is stuff that we've heard rumors about for so long. Even the Led, Leslie Headland Headland series, the Acolyte series, which I'm pretty excited that we're. Get, but I guess it was news that it was High Republic. I think that probably jumped out to me the most. But I'm going to jump straight to this variety piece, which 
uh, kind of talks about how there's sort of a false start to this whole context. And I think this context is important to kind of recognize when we talk about and break down each of these new series. Um, and the context is Solo, really. That was their sort of first idea of, hey, we're coming off of Rogue One, we're going to repeat the formula, and we're going to start our own kind of cinematic universe, the, the crime syndicate, Black Sun, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and we've talked about Solo a lot. I love the film, but it wasn't the commercial success that they were hoping for at the time. And I think an often minimized um, an often minimized element of that is the struggle that they had in the production of the film. Just the delays, the amount that they spent on the film, I think that's almost as important of a struggle that the studios had, more so than the box office itself. I think if it was like a perfectly smooth production, no problems, and they didn't switch directors, and they were on time, uh, and they weren't rushed, then I think um, that box office may not have hit so hard. But I think those two facts combined to make it a bit of a false start. And that context kind of, I don't know, it, 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 it set, like I said, it sets the context for the new series. So rather than, and this is straight from the Variety article, rather than treating Solo as an object lesson for future movies, Disney completely retrenched and they canceled the entire sort of Star Wars story endeavor. Remember, that's originally what these things were called. Actually, they were called what Star Wars Anthology Originally, yeah, they originally. even, they even yeah. announced that, and then they changed that to a Star Wars story, Solo, a Star Wars story, um, um, and they had films planned for Boba Fett and Obi Wan Kenobi at the time. Um, after the rise of Skywalker and the sequel trilogy, we they, we kind of find ourselves like, and I think Lucasfilm found themselves wondering where they should go, but the the sort of underlying mes- message that Lucasfilm seemed to have taken away by the time of Rise of Skywalker is that they had, and, and Bob, Bob Iger said as much, that they'd gone too far, too fast. Um, that they, the effort to make a sort of Marvel-sized Star Wars cinematic universe um, just wasn't going to happen, at least not, with, not in the way that they thought. And instead, what we find out now are this huge slate of Disney Plus series, and and a complete reframe of the way that Star Wars is going to be released, I, and I think the the pandemic is is certainly a contributing factor. But Bruce, what do you think? Do you think that this is a a, a fair description of like Star Wars is sort of taking this opportunity to have sort of a soft reset of all of their future plans? Because I think as 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 exciting as a lot of these projects are, there's a lot of stuff that's glaringly missing, like the Ryan Johnson Johnson trilogy, the uh, Benny Hoff and Weiss film that fell apart. Like there was, there were a lot of plans I think for the future of Star Wars that crashed and burned. And this is the new reset. At least that's kind of my take for the way the news broke. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think I agree with that for the most part. You know, Solo was not the success they wanted it to be. I think they were disappointed a little of how the sequel trilogy played out in the box office and fan reaction to it that I think, yeah, they had to take a step back and say, okay, is this working and what should we do differently? And I think they were eyeing the box office. They were looking at the movie theaters and deciding, you know, where do we go next? Let's take a break and figure it out. I think the idea of doing like a Marvel shared universe in cinema wasn't going to work 
the way they were approaching it because Rogue One and Solo are totally separate. Yes, they they have different time. They're taking in different taking place in different times to the point that you're not going to see Jin Erso and Han Solo get together at some point and go on an adventure. You're not going to link the movies. And of course the sequel trilogy is 30 years later. So there wasn't that connective tissue there to bring any kind of crossover like the Marvel universe did. Now you have this opportunity online. And I think when they saw the success of Disney plus really take off exceedingly more than they were expecting Mm -hmm. and continuing to grow i think they saw this as an opportunity to do the things that they would like to do in cinema but build a universe with episodes of different series that can link to each other and then that could play off later into the cinema Hmm. and and that's the thing bruce is that mandalorian was at the centerpiece of that success like the the first season of mandalorian i think was a real wake-up call for what Star Wars as a brand can provide Disney beyond the the Marvel template. And I think that's a good thing. And and I, I know we've talked about this before, but I think that's the opportunity for Star Wars to reset and be able to fulfill what it was born from, which is the serial, the you know, the the Flash Gordon storytelling style of uh of serial. Um and so now we find ourselves with the and and now we know we can talk about it, the Book of Boba Fett. Um, the Mandalorian season three, uh, Ahsoka, and Rangers of the New Republic, all tying in together. Now I know there's there's a lot more projects, but just let's just chew on those for a second. Um, Bruce, I got to get your your take of of these three uh, spinoffs: Rangers of the New Republic, The Book of Boba Fett, um, and Ahsoka. Which one are you most excited for? Hmm. <laughs> uh. I would say, I want to know what you think it is, and then I'll tell you my answer. I Which would, one do you think I'm more excited about? I would, uh, what's well, funny, I would say probably Boba Fett, because that ties most closely to the original trilogy. Mm. The answer is, the answer and is. you know, on, on, on reality shows, you have to have a pause, mm. but I, <laughs> I think it's the Rangers of the New Republic. Interesting. And I'll tell you why. Yeah. Because why, Bruce? I'm looking for something v- unique and different. So it's like, okay, Boba Fett, I know Boba Fett. Yeah. Ahsoka, I know Ahsoka. I've had Boba Fett adventures now on screen and in books and comics. I've seen Ahsoka on screen and, you know, different series and things. But there's Rangers of the New Republic. It's like, wow, this is something totally different. New characters, new situations. I'm intrigued by this. So I'm excited about the other two, but I like the idea of expanding the universe into some new directions with new characters, and I'm excited about that. Yeah, I, it's, I, I, I'm actually with you. I, generally, the stuff that's most unfamiliar, I think, has the best potential. Some of that behind-the-scenes stuff for Andor, some of the set design and stuff looked amazing. Yes. Um, but I think, I think that's a fair... I, I, if you ask me, I, I, funny enough, I probably am most excited about... Boba Fett. But that's just because I loved his story in the Tales of books, his escape from the Sarlacc, and I really hope we get a flashback to to have the classic, the Sarlacc found me somewhat indigestible. You know, I, I kind of want to see that moment, um, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know, as of this recording, or as we're doing this live show, I don't think we've gotten clarity from Disney as to what the 
book of Boba Fett is. I mean, we know it's on Disney Plus, but there's speculation. Oh, is this the season three of The Mandalorian? Which I don't think it is. I think we've gotten some clarity on that. Yeah. But is this a mini series? Is this a just a movie that's on Disney Plus? Like, what that's, is? I, this? I guess we don't know. I I I have not seen. I've not seen it yet. Um, and why not tell us? They, I think they're being intentionally vague. I think they haven't set their release schedule because there, there are going to be so many of these projects. Um, well, it said on the end credits coming December 2021. That's true. That is true. So one wonders if that kicks off and maybe uh, Mandalorian Season 3 still goes on. Or maybe Mandalorian Season 3 um, airs throughout you know the October, November, December time frame again. And then they have like I thought the, it's that like was a movie in December also though um, I don't know yeah well if it's following the pattern of the release from this year um, next year if they do season three I would imagine it would be that similar time frame but it, it's hard to say um, I just don't know when I don't understand why they would tease the book of Boba Fett and then not come out with a press release and just say this is a new series or this is a mini series or this is a movie to Disney. Like why have us speculate on that? I I don't really understand the purpose behind that. Yeah. Maybe it's just a crowding of the market. They've announced so much stuff (laughs) in the last few weeks. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll have to see. Um, Let's see. So yeah, Ahsoka. I mean, Ahsoka. I'm looking forward to Range of the New Republic. I think is going to be pretty great. But all of these are going to be executive produced by John Favreau and Dave Filoni, um, who've been getting a lot of praise this week. Yes, they have <laughs> a lot. We, we worship the ground they walk on. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. Um, I wonder why. I wonder what happened this past week that they're just mm. so loved by fans right now. Uh, I think um, we'll have to find. We'll. It, we'll it's something out. that you did not quite get the emotional response you thought you would have to it. <laughs> I, w- I did, but I watched it. A, I watched it a second time. I watched it a second time. So, um, okay. all right. So, let, but let's talk about some of these other projects. I want to get your take on Acolyte, set at the very mm-hmm. end of the High Republic, headed by uh, filmmaker Leslie Headland. Um, and and this is the one that the rumors have said. I don't think it was on any of the official stuff that this would be a female centric series. But um, did you? Ex- I gotta say, a High Republic. I thought High Republic was gonna just be filler. I thought it was just gonna be like, eh, here's a little book series to tide you over till there's a new movie, um, yeah. and and some comic books and stuff. But the fact that they're tying in a series, I think, adds an air of legitimacy and and excitement for High Republic as a whole for me. Yeah. That's a smart move. Yeah, I'm surprised, too. I did not think they would touch the High Republic. I thought this is a way to say to publishing, hey, you want your corner of the universe to do whatever you mm-hmm. want to do? Yep. Here you go. You go play in that sandbox. We're going over here. We're playing over here. And so now Acolyte is going to play in that same sandbox as publishing or right after that time frame or whatever it said. Uh, again, this is probably the one I'm the most excited about. Oh, really? And, and I think it's because what I said earlier, it's just, it's, I'm excited about them all. So don't get me wrong. Yeah. I think maybe these just intrigue me more and I get more excited about it. Cause I'm like, what is this? What is this about? And my head starts spinning all these different ideas. And so I get more and more excited. Well, well so that, indulge I'm, me, I'm really excited. Indulge, indulge me, Bruce. Who do you think is the acolyte and who are they an acolyte of? An, an I acolyte. Don't know. An acolyte. <laughs> 
I mean, by definition, and this is me stre- stress testing my vocabulary, but acolyte yeah. is sort of like a, a a follower, an obsessive follower of a of a religious code or of a of a person, um, kind of like kind of like an apprentice, but a more I think a religious connotation to it, um, and even maybe magical, fantastical connotation. So when I think acolyte, it sounds very Harry Potter to me. Um, yes. Like, or like it would be the acolytes of the Sith. But who do you think is the acolyte? I uh, I think it's just some new original character. So I don't know who it is. Yeah, I don't think it's like anybody we know. Hmm. I mean, because it's in the High Republic, and you know, unless it's Yoda or something. But it's two hundred years before. The Phantom Menace. So, what characters do we know in that time frame? And then we don't even know if the acolyte is part of the Jedi or Force, whatever. It could be something totally different. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where that. There seems to be a lot of room there, and I think the High Republic, the end of the era, uh, and this is just me for remembering from a tweet that I saw. I don't remember this like being official, but was butts up to about fifty years before. It's like starts a couple hundred years before, uh, up to fifty years before the Phantom Menace. I could be totally wrong, but 50, if that's, I thought it was two hundred years. But I guess regardless, we could see Yoda in the series, and perhaps yeah. mm-hmm. there is an acolyte of Yoda, um, a follower. But but I think it also sounds more dark sidey to me as well. Yes, um, which I think would be pretty cool. I think that would be cool. Well, the fact that the logo is in red, it looks like it could be that. Yeah, you think you so? Know? Yeah, I, I, I'm actually I'm going to StarWars.com so that I can actually quote what has been released officially because there's so much. Yeah, because we need to sound smart. We got no, we need to sound it, like we know dude, kind of what that's, we're talking. That's about. that's not going to be a thing, dude. I mean, you just my, had sugar, so I, I know I just had a lot of sugar. Well, also, <laughs> I, my life's been crazy. I, it's almost interesting because I'm sort of approaching this news. Um, the way I think a lot of fans are, which is in, in a lot of the way most people are, which is I haven't had time to like process all of it. It's kind of overwhelming. I'm not going to lie because it, there's just so much stuff that it seems like they're throwing up against the wall. And and I'm and I'm loading I'm loading StarWars.com. We'll actually break down some of these stuff in, in greater detail. But I do want to ask you, Bruce. Do you think is this just another? Is do you trust that we're going to see all these things see the light of day? Because there's been a lot of projects in the last five years that have been you know proudly announced that they're working on and then then fade into the distance. Mm, that's a good question. I I would say yeah. I feel like these is for the most part going to stick. Maybe there'll be one that doesn't maybe two but i think the majority will because most of them we did get logos for which means that they've already been working on design it's just not something that's named like lando we didn't really see anything i don't think we saw really that's a logo true. treatment we did see a logo did we um that they flashed up on the screen briefly but yeah that was it like they didn't say who's yeah. th- it wasn't like and donald glover will be re- reprising the role right or, but the, my, the first thing i thought of with lando was like it's got to be billy d williams saying and that's and let me tell you about the the battle of tanab <laughs> and then we see fly, <laughs> and then we see um donald glover running around yeah that, i i think for the most part they might stick so okay now i have to you know 
please excuse me, I have to put on my Star Trek hat because a lot of this is what's been happening with Star Trek the last few years. Okay. With CBS All Access, soon to be called Paramount Plus, multiple series going on. And they have in the past have announced series that we told were coming mm-hmm. and then you just stopped hearing about it. So then there's questions of are we getting a series that is that? Or, you know, I remember hearing a Starfleet Academy series a few years ago that was coming. Nothing's a con series, nothing since. We've heard about other series, and those series that since then are now going into production. So then you have to assume what you heard before is gone. And those were official announcements. So we could see that here with Star Wars that some of these things that are being announced are subject to not happen. But I think the majority will. You think so? You could see maybe one or two casualties in the process, but you think so? Well, and it makes sense to me in that they can probably maintain a lot of the creative teams and keep production rolling forward. And it's just there's constantly a Star Wars series in production or post production, and so the same teams that work on Andor can work on, you know, Acolyte when they when they're ready to. And it probably makes more sense from a budgetary standpoint because I think that's an ongoing concern as well. Um, big, and that's some big part of the Mandalorian production is I think it's enabled a, a level of uh, bringing that budget down a little bit with the whole technology that they have now to essentially not have to build sets anymore uh, they, they can like build yeah. the doorway or the room or something but then everything in the background can just be you know I don't know which is the coolest thing ever Yeah, I mean don't you want to be on that set in one of those virtual reality type situations. Ah, oh, dude, that'd be amazing. I, I want to say, what is it called? I'm trying to remember. Uh, I don't remember the official name. I know they, they keep referring to the volume. The volume. Well, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, that's right. that to me was, was what I was most excited about. But let's, yeah. um, I, I want to touch, because uh, we, we started to skip past it as we started to talk about these other series, but the Book of Boba Fett, I, I do want to say, because breaking the last few hours, um, and this is according to comicbook.com, it is confirmed to be a separate from The Mandalorian, but with the same creative team. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a report from Variety. Okay, all right. So, yeah, the it's expanding and trying to mimic this Marvel Cinematic Humor uh, universe the boba fett was the book of boba fett was not officially announced during the investor day 2020 where many new projects were uh, but was instead announced in the post credit scenes uh which we will talk about for the series finale of the mandalorian um yeah i think i think i mean it makes sense i i would be very surprised if that if that were not the case but um let's let's talk let's talk obi-wan Bruce, I gotta ask you: Hayden Christensen returning, uh, and and even explicitly teasing a rematch is what we're calling it: Darth Vader versus Obi Wan Kenobi. What? No, <laughs> they don't see each other until A New Hope again. What? what What's you, going on? How, how do you know that? How do you know that, Bruce? I guess not. <laughs> I guess I'm wrong. I guess what I've always just kind of assumed 
Mm. isn't really true. I just figured when they were on Mustafar and they fought each other, that was the last time they saw each other until A New Hope, but apparently not. So did, does Vader go to Tatooine mm. and find Obi-Wan? Because he, maybe he knows that Obi-Wan's of course is still out there and he knows he's on Tatooine and he's going to look for him? Or is it the other way around? Obi-Wan decides, I've got to defeat Vader. I'm going to give one more crack at it. Mm, I don't know. I think it's more likely that it's some some adventure that Obi-Wan will find himself on because the whole purpose is to keep Luke's presence a secret. So I think they're going right. to try to preserve that. But that could be a pretty epic like um, thriller uh, format like where they could really build up the tension of if Vader's hunting for Obi-Wan and it comes this close to figuring out that Luke is actually there. It'd be kind of interesting to see. Um, yeah, you know, I, there is something that I say that there, there's something that I just kind of feel that, yeah, Obi-Wan's on some adventure and he kind of just falls accidentally in the presence of Vader. Like it's not what he was <laughs> planning to do and it just happens. Yeah, well, and that would also give opportunity for, and everyone always says, when I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. And they think that a lot of people are like, well, it must be talking about Mustafar. But um, later... Uh, Vader tells um, Luke, Obi-Wan once thought as you do, meaning that he was redeemable. And we never really see that in the prequels. Obi-Wan once thought as you do. And I think that's kind of an interesting line that they could take where maybe Obi-Wan maybe thinks that they're still good in him and believes Padme for some reason and, and, and has the opportunity to have that opportunity to try to redeem Vader. But in, in fact, it's not his old brother his old master who can redeem him, but his son. And that kind of leave preserves the return of the Jedi redemption story, but it would be pretty epic to see, you know, old Obi-Wan take a crack at it. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. See, now my head's spinning again. Now I'm thinking, are we going to see the bad batch in live action in the Obi-Wan series? Is that, is the timeline close enough? Mm, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Bad batch. Good Lord. Huh. I can't keep up. <laughs> what? And then there's the three. And I, the one I haven't mentioned yet is the three PO R two series and then ah and then the other one the anime one jeez yes i can't guys i can't keep up with this it's ridiculous that excites me too the anime i'm not a big anime person it's just that 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 to me is really going to stretch the imagination because i think in animated form and doing anime it's going to really play different i'm always looking for different i'm always looking for something a little different and new i like the old and i like honoring that mm-hmm. in things but i also like to expand into different realms and storytelling yeah. that'd be yeah. cool no i think so um wrote comments in the chat uh said about um book of boba fett that they're probably waiting a week or so to do a presser um just to let get people time to actually see it and see that teaser which well you know sense. how weird is it that the original actor who played Boba Fett just passed away. Jeremy Bullock I know. just passed away when all this Boba Fett stuff is going on. It is on. kind of it's sad. It's it's sad timing. It it's it's crazy. Yeah. And and um I you know I I've, I've met many uh, um Star Wars actors on the convention circuit and stuff over the years, but I never had a chance to meet him or talk to him, which I'm I'm sad yeah, over the years. I haven't either. He had very prolific presence all over uh conventions everywhere, but um, but yeah, no, it's, it's at Dave Prowse, Peter Mayhew, Kenny Baker. It's, it's sad, but, uh, of course, um, say not to say nothing of Carrie Fisher. So it, they're, we're losing them fast. It's really sad, but it kind of reminds me any, any creatives are involved, especially in the original trilogy. Um, 
the next convention that actually happens. I do actually want to try to make time to like see people. I'll even just buy an autograph just for the opportunity to like, just have a chat and thank people who were a part of the, the, you know, movies that were such a big part of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. It's always special to do that. At least meet them all. If we can, if you can. Yeah, exactly. Um, well let's, uh, we've let's talk about it. That episode of Mandalorian, the series finale spoilers ahead. Uh, Luke, Luke freaking Skywalker. Go Bruce. Go, go, (laughs) just go. I, okay. You know, it's interesting talking to other people that, uh, they were totally shocked. I mean, in our group of friends, they were really shocked. I mean, I was surprised, but I wasn't either because this journey of going, you know, have to get Grogu to the Jedi. I was like, well, what Jedi are around? Well, there's Luke. And so in my mind, I kept thinking, are they going to work Luke in? Is he going to be the Jedi that Grogu goes to? So I was kind of suspicious we would see that, but not as much as we saw of Luke. I thought it'd be something where Mm. at the very end, it's the last few seconds, he puts Grogu down and there's a hooded figure there and he reveals, you know, he looks up and you see Luke's face and boom, it goes to black and that would be it. But this was like to see (laughs) that X-Wing fly by, I was like, Oh my gosh! Yes, it's Luke. I don't think there's another Jedi they're going to put in an X-wing at this point in time. And then when he's going around with the green lightsaber, he's fighting the dark troopers and everything. I was like, we're actually seeing Luke Skywalker. And then the reveal happens, and I thought it was really cool. But you know, it's like, you know, it's not perfect. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. But my, my wife watched it. She said to the kids, she's like, because they hadn't, they hadn't seen it. And they're like, well, what happens, Mom? Because they wanted to know. And she's like, well, we got to see Luke Skywalker, a CGI Luke Skywalker. And I said, what makes you think he was CGI? And she's like, because it looked CGI. <laughs> I was like, that's it. But, yeah. you know, I see so many of these deep fakes, mm-hmm. the deep fakes on YouTube yep. and stuff yeah. mm-hmm. that look incredible. And then I see this. I'm like, wait, I mean, is, did they use the same technology or not? Because it doesn't look as good to me. It's- but that aside. I mean, yeah, it was sure. I well, I would say it's fair to say it was on par. If you ask me, it looked to me like deepfakes technology. In fact, I think that's what they used. Probably is um, artificial intelligence uh, to replicate Luke Skywalker from that time. But you know, in upon reflection, I, w- I just watched this second time last night, and it's it's in, it's interesting for me to see Luke Skywalker at the at the height of his power just being totally BA and it's it's a Luke that we've never seen before certainly not in Return of the Jedi Return of the Jedi the most poised Luke we see I would say there are a couple moments uh, the fight sequence in on Jabba's sail barge he's, he's, yeah. he's pretty badass there and then there's the um, honestly the, the speeder bike sequence when he rips out the the lightsaber and deflects light, lightsaber fire, blaster fire for the first time. Um, that's pretty cool. But it, it, those are moments. Even when he fights Vader at the end, it's a uh, he's he's not as skilled as the Jedi Knights that we see in the prequels. And this is much closer to that. I know, um, but doesn't it doesn't it make you want to see more? <laughs> you know, kind of. Yeah. Uh, it's what I thought they did well, though, was not. He actually wasn't too OP. He wasn't too overpowered. Because Luke has always been more subdued 
than yeah. than his father, than Anakin was. was yeah, he's Anakin. not fighting the dark troopers and he's flipping and all, you know, like we've seen some other Jedi do. Anakin Skywalker in the Clone Wars was flippant in his use of the Force and violence, as were many Jedi. Yeah. And that's a stylistic thing that I think that was intentional from Lucas. Lucas was like, yeah, the Jedi are just totally overpowered. Nobody can stand up to them. And th- that's kind of a part of their image of arrogance. And I think Luke here hasn't embraced that, which I would say, if I could briefly, fits a little bit into the narrative of a recognition that the the style of the Jedi of old, the mistakes of the Jedi of old, uh, were in their arrogance. And I could say that the way he displayed his use of force power was measured. It was still completely badass, but it wasn't. There wasn't unnecessary violence as he disposed of each of the dark troopers. And to me, that was one of many ways I saw consistency between this character and the character in uh, The Last Jedi. And the only thing I'll say, because I don't want to bring up comparison every time we talk about Star Wars, especially with stuff like The Last Jedi and the sequel trilogy in general. But I, I think it's important just for me as a fan to say that, to me, this is, both are consistent with the character. Um, and I both, two things can be true at once. It's crazy. But I both like the moral complexity and trials and failures and overcoming and victor ultimate victory of Luke that that is the story of the Last Jedi, uh, as well as a measured, powerful Luke Skywalker being totally badass and get ready to rebuild the Jedi Order. Uh, mm-hmm. I like both of these stories. It's crazy. I know. I know. It's no. Supposed, I think it's perfect. I think exactly I, I, what I, it is. I got the memo here. Uh, hang on, let me get it right here. It's uh, let me take a look here. This this memo from this is a memo from Star Wars. The memo from Star Wars says you're not allowed to like both of these things. Like you have to hate one of them, and then most importantly, whichever one you don't like, you have to really dunk on it while you praise the thing you do like. So when the cool thing happened here, it's your opportunity. This is a, this is me reading the memo right here. It's right here in the memo. Uh, that <laughs> this is your opportunity to just crap on things that other people like in Star Wars, because that's what we do in Star Wars now. But listen, <laughs> as a kid of the prequel era, I'm used to this. I'm used to uh, people crapping on the Star Wars that I like. I'm sad that it's uh, much more mainstream now uh, in the era of the sequel trilogy, but... Uh, everybody, let's uh, let's enjoy things. That's 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 my little brief aside. Um, that's the Luke piece. The I actually thought the most the two things that most impacted me though, as as cool as seeing Luke was 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 the completion of the mission. It was kind of heart wrenching. Yeah. It was beautiful to see, um, <laughs> Daddy Mandalorian giving up the little baby, little baby Yoda, little Grogu. Well, yeah, that's, that's some of the thoughts I had was, okay, first of all, it just, it felt like this could be the end of the series, you know, yeah. the way it ended. It's, when we saw the end of season one, it didn't have this finality like it did this. And it's, I mean, I know there's more story to tell. There's certainly some things that are set up to continue on, but from the first episode to this was, you know, getting Grogu to where Grogu needs to go. And mm. that journey has ended, which is also funny from a marketing standpoint to me because, well, no more Grogu. And he's like <laughs> so popular in merchandise and stuff. And you're not going to have Grogu anymore. It's kind of crazy. Is it Grogu? Why, why don't we have the Book of Grogu series going on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think so. I, I, I thought it was great. But um I have to say, what got me most excited 
not gonna lie the first viewing because i just sort of i was in i was just kind of stunned the first time but the the time that my little star wars fan heart uh started skipping a beat and i started getting real hyped was the freaking after credit scene something about seeing jabba's palace right there and fat fortuna (laughs) (laughs) yes fat bib fortuna Played by Matthew Wood, by the way, who played him in The Phantom Menace. Right, uh, yeah. Under probably a lot of prosthetics. <laughs> Good for him, yeah. It was a cold day. It kept him warm. You know, It was I, amazing. Yeah, but what's so exciting to me now is now that Grogu has gone off with Luke and R2-D2, which it was cool to see R2 also, but now we can focus even more so on the Mandalorian character mm. and on the on the Mandalorians as a whole, and including what happens maybe in the book of Boba Fett has some play on that. So we could get some really deep storytelling Mm. and go deeper into the Mandalorians, which I'm really excited about and to learn more about our character Din in, uh, of the, who is the Mandalorian. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. I, um, I, I don't know, man, I, I'm just excited to see the potential and, and, and see, an original trilogy location like Jabba's Palace. It's just freaking cool. I wanted that little frog thing outside of the Jabba's Palace to be there, you know, swiping at bugs like he does in The Return of the Jedi and burps. Oh, yeah. I was waiting I, for that. <laughs> I wanted that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so true. That is so true. Um, yeah, I, I got us. I, I, I hate to say it, but I think, um, I think we're going to call it. I think that's going to have to be an episode of the Star Wars Report podcast. Now, I got to ask though, Bruce, you got us Boba, you got us Boba's bounty? I feel like there's no better time if we don't have one this week. I uh well, next week I'm sure I'll have a lot because of mm. Christmas. Ah, what I get. Yes. But I will say for my Boba's bounty, I I'm reading the novel Star Wars Scoundrels. Oh, interesting. Which is like the Ocean's 11 thing. Mm-hmm. And and the real quick funny story to this is years ago when my youngest daughter was probably like I don't know, 12, 11 or 12 years old. She found this book in the store. She goes, dad, I really want to get this. I'm like, honey, I know, but you're not going to read. I mean, she loves, she loved star Wars a lot then. She's not so much into it now, Mm. but she still likes it. But I was like, I knew she wasn't going to read that book. You know, I said, you know, something more like, you know, a young adult type thing. Maybe you no, 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 I promise I'll read it. I'm like, okay, I'll get it for knowing that she one probably wouldn't read it. I hope she did, but I knew she wouldn't. And two, I knew that I would then get it and I would read it. So for years, I waited and waited to see what happened. She read the first chapter and that was as far as she got. And then she was cleaning her teenage room now to be fashion and plush and pink <laughs> and all this stuff. And she was getting rid of things. And the book was sitting there one day when she was redoing her room. And I said, oh, how was this book? Oh, yeah, I, I only read the first chapter. I'm like, well, what are you going to do with it? Um, I, I don't know. I know she didn't want to tell me she wanted to get rid of it. And I, she get, I said, well, can I have it if you're not going to read it? Yeah, yeah, take it, Dad. <laughs> and I was like, I knew one day I'd get it. So that's what I'm reading right nice. now. Nice. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, my Boba's bounty is I haven't had time to do anything Star Wars related. <laughs> it's sad. Oh, true. Uh, yes, other, you have. Other than um, the, uh, actually, what was it? I, I did, was there a comic I was reading? I feel like, no, I'd already talked about that one. Um, yeah, I, I'm thinking I, there's got to be. Something. I was going on a on a Star Wars comic tear, but I've already, I think, more or less caught caught up with all of them on the show here. Um, I got, I received in the mail, but I haven't started it. 
the next Light of the Jedi, the next, the first High, I should say, High Republic novel. So that'll be pretty. I'm looking forward to digging into that. You know, funny enough, my my current uh, Boba's bounty is going to be Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone because I've never read the books and I literally just started, <laughs> and I'm almost halfway through the first one and it's awesome. <laughs> But that is not at all Star Wars related, which is why I should probably hit the button and wrap up this episode of the Star Wars Report podcast. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to uh, end this episode of the Star Wars Report podcast. Thanks so much for everybody who tuned in live, starwarsreport.com slash echo base, whenever we can. It's uh, My schedule's crazy, but uh, we'll be back more regularly on Tuesday nights in the uh, new year, so uh, keep a lookout on for that. A big shout out to everybody who supports us on Patreon, patreon.com slash starwarsreport. If you want to help out the show financially, uh, we always appreciate those of you guys who do that. Uh, to you guys who join us in the chat live, appreciate it. Uh, Mr. Bruce Gibbs, and tell the people where they can find you. Oh, yeah. You can find me on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex, on Instagram just at Admiral Rex, and you can find me on Positively Trek Podcast. And this week, you will find me on the 602 Club talking about the season two of The Mandalorian. Nice. I like it. A nice recap of sorts if you will you can find find me as well on social media i'm at the riley guy r-i-l-e-y twitter and instagram instagram being my favorite place to hang out follow me there uh the show of course star wars report at gmail.com to email us facebook.com slash star wars report uh to stay in touch on facebook go to at star wars report on twitter and then of course uh wherever you listen to the podcast especially if it's on the apple podcast app we would appreciate your ratings and reviews to help get the word out about the show and speaking of Hey, let a friend know about the Star Wars Report podcast. We'll be back again uh, soon. Actually, right, right over the new year. I'm actually, ironically, I'm working through all all the holidays pretty much. Uh, so uh, it means my schedule will actually be kind of free some. So expect another episode next week. Uh, and uh, I'll, I'll give more. It'll be it'll be festively themed. Uh, mm-hmm. And we've got a fun look back episode highlighting all of our biggest moments of the year shortly thereafter coming up uh in the podcast feed so make sure you're subscribed if you have not and we'll be we'll be breaking down and once we hit the new year and get past the craziness of the holidays we'll be breaking down each of these new series in greater detail especially as we get more information about them so until next time guys may the force be with you and remember many bothans died to bring you this podcast